0: One and all, you're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. Today, I am chatting with, once again, Udo Erasmus, co-founder of Udo's Choice Line, which I am sure you've seen in Whole Foods and other health food stores around the world. In 1980, Udo became the victim of pesticide poisoning, leaving doctors, at a loss regarding treatment. So he decided to take his health into his own hands. Go figure, huh? And he began intense research, leading him to a passion for finding the answers to life's big questions, which would hopefully one day bring him and the world peace, which is much needed now. Now our last conversation focused more on this spiritual aspect of being yeah. human. So I wanted to have Udo back on to talk about nutrition. How are you, Udo? Thank uh, you for coming back.
1: Doing well. It's a sunny day and uh, life is good. Ah,
0: can't ask for more. No. <laughs> well, we. Uh,
1: I I I could, but that would be it. Would be uh, greedy of me. <laughs>
0: oh you never know (laughs) sometimes many of us don't I don't ask I think sometimes we don't ask for enough for ourselves because we're always concerned about other people
1: yeah there's there's that too
0: yeah I mean there is the we
1: can turn anything into pathology (laughs) (laughs) that's true what a, a human talent
0: that is true yeah well Uh, I will let everyone know I have a cold. I haven't had, uh, I actually haven't been sick in seven or eight years. So if that's my voice is, at least it sounds to me a little gravelly. But Udo and I were talking before we turned the recording on about some of the different things that I was doing, because somebody had asked me, well, do you have COVID? And my symptoms are no different from any colds I've had in the past. Um, It's the the same thing that I'm used to. The big thing for me is that I can't drink coffee. There's something about my taste buds that makes me want... Herb tea. I don't want a coffee in the morning. Mm. So that's when I know I'm, I'm going to, I'm better is when I actually want coffee. So I didn't want coffee yet today. So (laughs) (laughs) you're not better. I got better yet, but I'm doing all kinds of things, which have been really helping, especially I think the nebulizing, the saline and hydrogen peroxide and iodine. And, uh, I also spray. Now, Udo, you were saying you, when you've got a throat thing going on, you spray with, uh, acid water.
1: Yeah, I have a I have a water machine that makes acid water. It's two mm-hmm. pH 2.5, so right. it's quite acidic. Right. And when I get a sore throat, I'll spray it like into the back of my throat where the soreness is, because the acid water kills bacteria and viruses, mm-hmm. and especially with the viruses, they can once they once you put them, they get put out of commission. They can't even get into your cells, so you knock them off before they even get into your cells. Right. And the more of them you can knock off, the less your immune system has to deal with. Absolutely. And then I also spray them up my nose and, and snort them back mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they kill what's in there as well. Interesting. And uh, they've, I've been doing that now for probably close to 10 years. It's mm-hmm. very, very effective. Then I take enzymes. Okay. As if you, they digest the protein coat off viruses and put them out of commission too. Oh, and, uh, interesting! And they also knock back bacteria. So now, any particular enzymes or? Well, I, I have my own. It's called. Uh, I've got three, but it's the one I use is called Urgent Care. The, okay. The usefulness is, you want as much protease as possible because the, it's the protein coat, so you want the protein coat to be taken off the virus. Uh, And and protease is the enzyme that does it. It's a protein-digesting enzyme, protease. Uh Uh, There's like in the one I have, there's probably 15 different kinds of protease. The more different kinds you have, the faster the protein gets taken down.
0: Okay. All right.
1: sometimes I'll even take a capsule and just chew it up in my mouth Mm -hmm. and swish it around because it'll just take down any protein. Interesting. I mean, it it would even digest your tongue if you – you know, if you kept doing it, <laughs> your tongue will begin to tingle like with pineapple. Uh-huh. You know when you eat too much pineapple? Yep. yep. It, your tongue tingles? Mm-hmm. That's because the protease in the pineapple, if it's raw, is digesting your tongue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that, it... and, and that makes you stop. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's how you know you're taking too much enzyme is when your tongue starts to tingle.
0: Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Now I'm already learning a lot. Okay. Trivi-
1: trivial pursuits here.
0: <laughs> now, um, okay. And what else? There was something else that you had said.
1: Oh, uh, well, we were talking about COVID mm-hmm. and the and the um, the cytokine storm. It's oh, not right. Not getting right. a lot of attention now. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I found out about the cytokine storm: it's made out of omega sixes, and most people get omega six essential fatty acid a lot of it in their diet right but not enough omega3 right and omega3 inhibits the production of those cytokines so getting omega more omega3 in your diet is uh, is actually helpful in, in in dealing with that issue as well so
0: what would uh, what oils would have more omega3 in them <laughs>
1: That's my claim to fame. I know. <laughs> I developed a method for making oils with health in mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, then I developed flaxseed oil. Mm-hmm. And then I became omega-6 deficient on flaxseed oil because it's the only oil that is too rich in omega-3. Most of them are too rich in omega-6. Oh. So then I developed a blend that's called Udo's oil. Mm-hmm. That, so the omega-3s and 6s are balanced, but okay. with an emphasis on omega-3s. And, uh, and then basically recommending a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food and intake spread out over the course of the day. And when you, are, and when you get your body optimized in omega-3 intake, mm-hmm. they will inhibit what the, the nasty things that omega-6s can do when they don't have the omega-3s to keep them under control.
0: Okay, well, let's go there. What are the nasty things that
1: omega-6s can do? Well, when 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 the balance gets uh, well, there are two issues. Okay. One is we take too much in the balance; you don't have the, we don't have the balance of the omega threes because they are they do some opposite things in the body. Mm-hmm. But the second one is the damage done by processing and food preparation of mm-hmm. our oils. Mm-hmm. So then you get toxic molecules. And so the uh, so if you're talking about the toxic molecules, it means. You, you need to make an, an oil change. Your body needs an oil change <laughs> from oils that are damaging or damaged and then damage you, Okay. oils that are made with health in mind. Mm-hmm. So we put omega-6s that are from organically grown seeds and not damaged by processing into the blend. But we emphasize the omega-3s because 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3s for optimum health. And uh, when I learned about oils after I got poisoned, Mm -hmm. I I got it, I got this paper. I was reading all the science papers. And the one paper said omega-6 is essential. And essential means you can't make it from anything else in your body. You have to have it to live and be healthy. Therefore, you gotta get it from outside. That's the first part. Second part is if you don't get enough, you can't stay healthy. Your health will deteriorate. You will get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. They get worse with time. And if you don't get enough of any essential nutrient, there's 42 of them. If you don't get enough of any essential nutrient long enough, you die. These are like really important building blocks Mm -hmm. for body construction. That's number two. Number three is if you're going down, but you bring in and optimize the missing or the too low essential nutrient, then all of the Problems that come from not getting enough are reversed Because life knows what to do provided we take responsibility to optimizing Our intake of them to Mm -hmm. make sure they land in our body so life can do its job That's the only place where we have responsibility after after we swallow. It's all an automatic life Does what it can with what it's got from what it what we swallowed, right? so Omega-6 is too high, like it, it, probably the best the best ratio that when we work with is twice as much omega-3 as omega-6. Now, there are other people who have other opinions, but that's where we've always seen the best results.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But most people get 10 or 20 or even 50 times more omega-6 than omega-3. So their balance is way off. Wow. Because mm-hmm. all oils have omega-6s in them, and only a few oils have omega-3s.
0: Wow. So what else besides uh, flax seed has omega-3?
1: Uh, there's a little bit in soybean oil. There's mm-hmm. a little bit in canola. There's a little bit in hemp. There's a little bit in walnut. And there's a whole bunch in chia, but flax is a better seed than chia. The, the amount of omega-3 in them is about the same. Mm-hmm. You could also become omega-6 deficient on, on chia seed oil.
0: Uh-huh. So... <clears throat> Problem with soybean and canolas. Most of that is sprayed with glyphosate.
1: Well, they're sprayed with glyphosate and then there are or other pesticides mm-hmm. before that, and half the pesticides stay in the oil after they process it, and the ones that contain omega threes are more damaged than the ones that don't because omega three is five times more sensitive to damage done by light, oxygen, and heat than omega sixes.
0: Oh, interesting. So, so then
1: it's like you want the omega threes from the oils, but it's counterproductive. So you literally have to go to the seeds and nuts that contain them, mm-hmm. that are not damaged, not roasted or or salted either. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to the fresh seeds and nuts, or you need to go to oils made with health in mind. And I basically I developed a method for doing that because when I found out that a tablespoon of a an oil treated the way industry does is about one percent damaged, and one percent damaged in one tablespoon of oil, you get sixty quintillion damaged molecules. Oh. Which is more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's sixty trillion cells. And wow. and more health problems come from damaged oil than any part of nutrition any other part of nutrition. Really? And more health benefits, therefore, come from getting your oil right, oils right, and making the oil change your body needs.
0: Wow! So that's quite a statement. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Yeah. Could you um, drill down into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. In in which direction?
0: Well, um, <laughs> that the oils are do more damage.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So so here's how it goes. This is what really got me. I was doing research. I was looking at the research. And so on the one hand, they said omega-6 is essential. Mm -hmm. And I explained what that means, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's another study. And it says omega-6 causes cancer and kills you. Hmm. And I'm going, WTF? It's like, what? Mm -hmm. How, How is that possible? Something that is essential for health gives you cancer and kills you. And it's like, make up your mind. Right. For you, is it bad for you? you can't have both. And it was that contradiction that got me to look deeper into the damage done by processing. Most of the problems we blame on oils should be blamed on the damage that is done either by processing, by the industry, so they treat it with Drano, which is is uh, sodium hydroxide. You're kidding. base, yep. Then they, um, I'm not kidding. Wow! <laughs> then, then they treat it with window washing acid or phosphoric acid, which is a very corrosive acid. Hmm. Then they bleach the oil with bleaching clays because the color molecules in oils absorb light and damage the oil. And then when that's done, the oil goes rancid. Now it smells bad. Now they have to heat the oil to frying temperature to, to, to boil off the rancid molecules. And then you have a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. They put it in plastic bottles. The oil swells the plastic, and plastic leaches into oil quicker than into water. Oh. And that's what's done to the oil before you even buy it. It's already fried before you buy it. And then there's this 1%, well, half to 1% damage. And I called them. I called the oil in, uh, Oil Chemist Society, the umbrella organization for the oil industry. I said I want to talk to a researcher. They said, "Okay." Sent they got me a researcher on the line. I said, "When when you when that when you know it does damage to the oil. Why do you do that?" He said, "Well, for one reason we do it is we can get rid of half the pesticides in the oil." And you know, I'd been mm-hmm. poisoned by pesticides, so I was a little sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, "What do you mean? You mean the other half of the pesticide stays in the oil?" I didn't I'd never even thought that there are pesticides in oil. Mhm. Mhm. So, that I, so my obvious question is, why, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I waited. And he said nothing. And I waited and I waited and I waited. It was probably three seconds, but it seemed like a very long time. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when he got back to me, he was really angry. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? <laughs> he did. He literally did it like that, right? Wow. So now I'm saying, okay, well maybe 1% isn't that much. So I maybe I'm over maybe I'm overreacting. Mm-hmm. Let me do the math. You know, when in doubt, do the math. That's when I figure out how many molecules are there in a tablespoon. How many molecules in a tablespoon if it's 1% damaged? That's where the number 60 quintillion came from. And when I give talks, I ask people to guess how many damaged molecules are in a tablespoon of oil. And they always estimate at least a billion times too low. (laughs) And sometimes way more than that. Mm -hmm. Then I say to them, look, if you're getting on a plane and you're flying home for the holidays and somebody who always tells the truth comes and tells you, hey, by the way, did you know? that your chance of crashing and dying on this flight is a billion times higher than you thought it was would you get on the airplane? (laughs) And I say, the reason I'm saying Mm -hmm. that is you're underestimating the damage you're doing to your own body by a billion times. Knowing that, is that enough to make you reconsider what you do with oils, how you use them, and what kind of oils you use? And we're not even done yet. This is what the industry does. Then you take the oil. You don't take one tablespoon. You take two to four a day. Mm-hmm. So you got to multiply that 60 quintillion by two to four. And then you take that oil and you fry your foods in it. And you probably damage the oil. Probably you go from 1% to maybe 5%. So you got to multiply it by another five. Hmm. So now you've got to add another zero. So now you're talking about 10 million uh, da- ten million damaged molecules for every cell in your body. And do you think that when you have 10 million damaged molecules that never existed in nature, in your cells, that that's going to change how life is able to make your body work? Most likely, yes. Yeah, because, because those, those molecules never existed in nature. So life ne- never made a program to break him down. right Because life's mm-hmm. program is only life's program only works when you live in line with nature because it knows nature and it mm. was made in response to the needs of the body in nature. And in nature, life's mandate it was fresh, whole, raw, organic, local, in season and for most people, mostly Mm plant-based. And and what we've done with oils, they're the most sensitive nutrients. We give them the least care. They need the most care. And when I realized all that, I said, oh my God, I can't get healthy on oils like this. We need to make them with health in mind. And so I developed a method to protect the sensitive oils, omega-3 and 6, Mm -hmm. the only thing that you need to have from oils to protect them from the damage done by light, by oxygen, and by heat. And, and, that, and then that became an industry, the industry of making oils with health in mind. Mm-hmm. First oil was flaxseed oil, and uh, that became uh, the second highest selling oil in the natural foods trade in two years, because we were, I was so excited. Oh, my God, I was so excited. I said, oh, my God, I found a purpose. This is worth doing. Because I was always looking for something worth doing. I said, ah ah ah, 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 yeah, that's ah, crap. You know, I was, doing, I was doing research on fruit flies and said, why am I counting the hairs on fruit flies? And I <laughs> in the 60s, and there was a lot of social turmoil. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought that I needed to be more focused on where the problems were, not sitting in a lab counting hairs on the backs of fruit flies. hmm. I left university because of that and because for a couple, a few other reasons, one of which was the geneticists started to talk about cloning people.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I
1: said, I don't think we should be using science to mess with nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think if, you know, and, and so I left. And uh, anyway, so, yeah, so I thought, well, we, we need to make them with, with health in mind. Then I found out 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3 for optimum health. Every cell needs them. They're five times more sensitive, so they're a nightmare to work with and nobody wants to work with them. Hmm. I said, oh my God, if we could make them with health in mind so they retain their health benefits and we could bring them back to all those 99% of the population, oh my God, we could help almost everybody. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It was just like, wow, I get to do this? <laughs> Sometimes I'd also say, who am I to think I can do a better job than the industry? Hmm. Mm-hmm industry is sloppy. People are sloppy. They cut corners. They they, they don't always tell you the truth either. Well, that's and so, true. I, so I got into, oh my God, I can do this. And then it was the whole thing. I had no business background and the whole thing got built on that raw enthusiasm. And hmm. we worked our butts off, like work all day, drive all night. We did a 101 day tour to 85 cities in 35 states. Wow. <laughs> in the summer of, in the hottest months of 1988. <laughs> so it was July, August, half of June, half of September, mm-hmm. sweating, our, <laughs> sweating our tootsies off. Wow. And every three days we would walk into a Marriott hotel like we owned it, you know, with like fierce determination mm-hmm. and clean up in, in the showers or maybe swim in their pool and wash our clothes in the shower, wring them out then get back into the van and carry on. It was, it was it was crazy, but it was so fun because the enthusiasm is what carried everything. Right. And people liked the enthusiasm and the story was clear and the importance of oils, we made it clear. And so everybody wanted to work with us. And then we would tell them, well, you can't work with us unless you have refrigeration in your, in your storage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if they, if they said they didn't have it, then I would ask them, are you willing to get it? And if they said yes, then I'd say, call us when you have it. Mm-hmm. If they already had it, then I would give them to my partner who who then tried to figure out uh, whether they could make a, a deal in, in terms of business. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: they said they weren't willing to get it, I would say this is a good time to end the interview. We would not work with people who wouldn't give the care that these precious oils need. Mm-hmm. So we were Mm-hmm. Clear, And we set the standard and we, you know, everybody had to had to um, adhere to our standards,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because wow. we knew what the issues were and we fire for helping people. <laughs> and when you want to help people, you have to set standards. The standard has to be higher than the standards that people have set. Because if you you, you can't help people by, with lower standards than they've got.
0: Mm, that's true. It's a good point. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what we did.
0: A good point. Yeah. So, Udo, it sounds like um like your oils would be best used for like salad dressing. Well you you're can, not heating it.
1: Or? Yeah, no, you, you you do not want to put them in the frying pan because the better an oil is for you, the worse it'll be for you when you fry it because the e- more easily it's damaged. Mm. Okay. So you gotta give the oils the care they need if you want them to give you the care you need. Oils are vindictive. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) If if you fry them, they'll fry you. Mm -hmm. And if you take care of them, they'll take care of you. Oils are like that. And so you you have to give them a care. So what you can do, you cook in water. This is, by the way, how they used extra virgin olive oil traditionally too. They Mm -hmm. cooked in water, they dumped the water, they put the oil on their vegetables because it enhances the absorption of oil soluble nutrients that are good for health. Right. And they enhance flavors. Oils do that. Mm-hmm. And so fundamentally you can put them on hot vegetables after they come off the heat, Okay. in pasta sauce, in, I, I put it on miso soup, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the flavor of the miso soup becomes nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can put it on hot things, but you can't, and you do that when it's when the food's on your plate, when you're eating it, mm-hmm. but you do not put it in the frying pan. I tell people, take your frying pan, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard <laughs> so it's associated with pain, and then throw that stupid thing out, because that is the dumbest thing we ever invented to do to food in terms of health, mm-hmm. the worst, the most damaging, the most idiotic thing, and we all do it because we're idiots, because, because an industry bamboozled us into it by lying to us. And, uh, and they lied to us for their own be- profit benefits. Wow. hmm, <laughs> That's quite a
0: bit to take in. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what about animal fat?
1: Uh, well, fat is fat. So mm-hmm. if, if, if it's a saturated fat, the molecule itself is not different from the saturated fat in a, in a plant. What is mm-hmm. different is what the fat is surrounded by in a, fa- in a plant and what the fat is surrounded by in an animal. And when people say vegetable fats are better than animal fats, it's not because the fats are better. It's because what surrounds them is better in plants. The research is pretty clear. If you want the longest life and the best health, you want to head in the direction of more whole food, plant-based nutrition. There's no question about it anymore. They, they used to argue 20 years ago, there's no argument anymore. There's so much research has been done on that. Mm-hmm. And it's partly because of the way we treat, you know, what we don't know is if you ate wild meat mm-hmm. that was living in its normal habitat, Okay. And compared it to the feedlot cattle, for instance, or the pigs that are kept in cages mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or whatever it is, or the chickens that are in a in a barn where they fall all over each other because there's no room to move. Mm. you know it's disgusting. And, and then, yeah, and then they feed them awful food because they want to make it cheap mm-hmm. and they feed them micro uh, uh, antibiotics and hormones. And who knows, there's pesticides in their grains. You know, we don't know whether how much of the animal foods being less healthful than the plant foods come from the way we raise them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because we, we haven't done the studies that compare wild meat, like really big long-term studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wild meat versus versus farmed meat, but I know that in uh when we do farmed fish and wild fish there's a big difference between right. those you know and
0: and what is I know there's a big difference what is the difference though
1: uh well they, again when the fish are farmed they get lots of infections so they get lots of antibiotics they mm. feed them out of bags instead of the fish eating w- wild living food mm-hmm And so, and then the, the, you know, the salmon that are, that are orange, you know, they're orange in nature, but when you put them on the farm, they're actually gray. The meat is gray. So then they have to feed them. uh, They basically (laughs) feed them paint. Oh. You know, to, to paint the meat inside. Mm Mhm. So there's all kinds of stuff. And, and, and again, it's like, because. The fish that's out in the ocean, it goes everywhere, and it eats what it eats, and it's all fresh, and it's all part of the ecosystem. On the farm, you put it in a, you know, it's in a way that what we're doing with salmon is just like what we're doing with chicken, pigs, and and, uh, feedlots. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, this is just a marine feedlot. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we created all that stuff. You know, nature didn't create that. Right. Nature, in nature, everything was living and growing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we went and we nibbled this and nibbled that. And, you know, maybe if we were lucky, we got to get a little animal with the rock. Because at one point we didn't have spears or guns or, you know, all the slaughterhouses and all of that stuff. And so uh, when, when the hunters came home without meat, they uh, basically they ate vegetables. Because mm-hmm. vegetables don't run away and they don't fight back and they're easy to hunt down and kill. <laughs> right, that's true. And in some places, there were there were a lot of animals, like in the the buffalo. The you know the herds of buffalo on the on the plains. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. they was they ate quite a bit of meat,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it was still wild meat. Mm-hmm. They were not farming buffalo. Right, they were not feeding them grains. If they were eating grass, right, for instance, right. Yep. And really- they, <laughs> when you when you feed them grain, they got fat, mm-hmm. and then the fat. They get sometimes in pigs. I don't know if you know this, but pigs get when they're if they're wild, they're like two to two to three percent fat, so they're very lean. Oh my goodness! Wild pigs, Mm -hmm. but in captivity, they're twenty-five to sixty percent fat. Oh wow! And when they get and when the pigs get uh, taken to the slaughterhouses, a percentage of them is something somewhere near the near ten percent of these pigs die of heart attacks on the trains. On the mm. way to the slaughterhouses,
0: because they're so stressed. No,
1: because they're so fat.
0: But I mean, yeah, but the because yeah, they're and then so they get stressed, a extra and, stress on yeah. top of it, yeah. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. And then when they arrive at the slaughterhouse, dead. What do you think they do with them? Carve them up, I suppose. Carve them up, sell them to you. <laughs> Jeez. These are these are these are pigs that died of heart attacks from their own fat, and when you eat them. It's not surprising that that would raise your risk of heart attack too, mm, mm-hmm. right? Because if you get get too much fat in your body, it clogs your arteries, it slows down your circulation, you know, and when that gets too bad, then it slows down the circulation in your heart, and bingo, heart attack.
0: Is there a, uh, I was just thinking it's good, a peanut, <clears throat> I think I've told you about peanut, my little banty that decides she should live inside during the day she's on my desk here and I'm so glad I have my headphones on so she can't hear
1: about all this because a, a banty
0: mm-hmm. she's a little banty hen
1: oh I see okay yeah yes she's very cute she chicken chickens in the chicken pet yes yeah, yeah she okay.
0: she goes outside at night when around yep. six six seven o'clock she starts making these cute little noises that mm-hmm. tells me she wants to go out to the coop and okay. in the morning when I go into to let everybody out and give them their their extra treats and take care of them. She mm-hmm. definitely wants to come in with me. I mean, she makes it very very clear. She wants to come inside. Otherwise, I'd leave her out, but yeah. she and but, and when I'm at my computer, she likes to be right here at my desk. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, glad she's not hearing this. <clears throat> anyway, <Yeah>.
1: um <laughs> well, if she but if she goes outside and they, if they run around and scratch in the in the yard, mm-hmm then mm-hmm. they get at least some wild food.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they're they're out all day. They've got three and a half acres they can roam in all day.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and the coop is just for the night, so the fox yep. don't eat them. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> or and, the coyotes. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm. Yeah, it's their safe place. And uh, yeah. in the winter, I've got a nice dirt bath in there for them, so oh, that yeah. they can take dirt baths every day when they want to. And, yep. Yeah, they and I make sprouts for them during the winter, so they get oh. greens.
1: Wow, these yep. are the best. Yes, uh, fed chickens on, the, <laughs> on on the west in the Western world. <laughs>
0: they're they're well cared for. There's a reason that people like I I have extra eggs, so I sell them to mm-hmm. friends, and okay. everybody really says, you know, these are some of the
1: best tasting
0: eggs. Yeah, but there's a reason.
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's of course there of course, and you know what when it, when mm-hmm. when animals eat wild foods, some of those foods have even grass, but also certain herbs. Mm-hmm. And then some of the molecules from those herbs end up in the meat, right? And those have benefits for the animal, uh, for the animal's health. Mm-hmm. And when you eat them, they have benefits for your health. Right. But that doesn't happen when when the animals are 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 in in coops and cages and and uh, you know feedlots. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. get fed grain and stuff. They all want to. Be- Make them fat, because the more they weigh, the more you pay. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have to cut off the fat and throw it away.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find it interesting in the summer uh, watching, like, what herbs and things they actually like and what they avoid. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're definitely some things that, like oregano. They don't touch the oregano. They oh, yeah, don't touch.
1: yeah that's pretty strong, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, thyme, You know, some uh-huh, of those yeah. things they don't. The stronger yeah. herbs they don't eat.
1: Do they eat uh, bro- uh, 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 broccoli sprouts? You ever yes, make broccoli sprouts yes. for them? Do yes. they eat them?
0: Yeah, I give them the. That's the main sprout they get in the winter.
1: So you get. So then you can. Uh, so then you can when you eat a chicken like that, you get your broccoli with your chicken. <laughs> no because it makes We don't them eat healthy. them
0: though. It's just for eggs. The oh, yeah, elders, they I I actually have quite a few elderly ones right now who just
1: are enjoying life. <clears throat> oh, okay. Sort of like sort of like me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sort of like you, yeah.
1: <laughs> just enjoying life.
0: Good. Um Okay, so let's see. Where should we take nutrition now? What? Um, so we've talked quite a bit about oils. Yeah. Uh, what else would you like to share? Well, that the
1: second thing I started working on is digestion. Okay. Because yep. oil is the most neglected area in nutrition. Okay. And I didn't want to do things that everybody was already doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were already making multi mineral multivitamins. So I, 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 said we don't, we don't need another one. We got so many already. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing the oils right. Let me, let me deal with the oils. Then the next thing was, well, what's the most neglected after that? Well, it's got to be digestion because digestion is the hardest working part of your entire body. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. fact, and digestion is more important for he- for health and life and survival and thriving than any other part of the body, and especially the brain. Now, why do I say that? Well, there oh. are there are um, jellyfish. That are 250 million years old. We've only been around 200,000.
0: Oh my goodness. And these
1: jellyfish have been around forever. They have Mm -hmm. no brain at all, but they have a really good digestive system. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because in order to maintain the body, you have to keep replacing it because 98% of your body turns over every year. Okay. And some of it, like Mm -hmm. the water in your body, your, your body 70% water. 99% of the molecules are water. Mm-hmm. And your water, if you're drinking the way you're supposed to be drinking, somewhere between 15 to tw- or 12 to 20 times, your body's weight in water turns over every year. So you're like a waterfall. You know, you drop it in the top and then you drain it at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daily. Daily, several times. Right. right. And that's... That's important because water has functions. A lot of them are detox functions. Right. Right. So because your body is always turning over, depending on where you set your standard within one year, you will have come to that standard, 98% of your body. So if you're sick and you raise your standard in one year, you have rebuilt your body 98% to a higher standard. That's called healing. Mm-hmm. That's why healing is possible. Okay. Right? Makes sense. And all Yeah. And all of that goes through your digestive system. So you're throwing stuff in there out of the environment, all foreign material, because you're not eating people and you're not eating yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's all foreign material that would be, if you injected it into your body, your immune system would have a, First, it would build antibodies, and the second time you did it, it would kill you mm-hmm. by anaphylactic shock. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the digestive system is the hardest working system in the body. It's outside the body, right, that digestion takes place. Mm-hmm. Inside the digestive tract is outside the body. Okay. So just a, it's just a, an opening from top to bottom through your – and you throw stuff in there, and it has to be broken down, and you absorb only the nutrients mm-hmm. that are common to all creatures but that you have to disassemble and then reassemble in your according to your own genetic program does that make sense what i'm saying mhm yes. Yeah. yes Okay. so so and in and in order to it not create immune problems for you you have mm-hmm. to take it down really really effectively And how do we do that? Well, you're supposed to be eating raw food according to life's mandate in nature. And in raw foods, there are digestive enzymes, or not, there are enzymes. Mm -hmm. So when you chew up the foods, and while they're sitting in the top of your stomach waiting to go in the acid bath in your stomach, Mm -hmm. 60% of the digestion is done of the food on average, is done by the enzymes present in raw foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you cook the foods, you destroy the enzymes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now your body has to do more than twice as much work, Mm -hmm. but it was actually made for raw foods. So it wasn't actually made for having to do more than twice as much. And that catches up with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. that's one issue. The second issue is on raw foods, the way nature made them, the way they were intended to be eaten, there are probiotics. Mm -hmm. So when a cow eats grass on the meadow, it gets probiotics in its mouth with every mouthful of grass and these probiotics work their way through the entire digestive tract and they regulate all of the other microbes that are also everywhere, that are also in your digestive tract. Some of which can have negative effects on your, on your gut, on your liver, on your kidneys, on your brain, on your lungs, on your circulation. And the probiotics keep that keep those microbes from hurting you. Mm-hmm. But when you cook foods, you kill them. So you need to replace, just like you need to replace the enzymes you destroyed, you need to replace the probiotics that you killed Because you're not eating the food raw. Got it. Mm -hmm. And then the third is fiber. Mm -hmm. Fiber is the the food for the probiotics. Oh. Hmm. And fiber is only present in plant-based food. Really? Yeah, there's no fiber in animals.
0: Oh, why did I think there was? Hmm. Okay.
1: Because somebody misinformed you. (laughs) okay yeah so that again says you need to make sure you get plenty of plant-based foods in your diet and there are two kinds of fiber one is water soluble Mm -hmm. like get Mm -hmm. in on okra the slimy stuff Mm -hmm. or uh slippery elm or Mm -hmm. chia seeds Mm -hmm. i've got chia seeds in here you know and i soak them for a night Mm -hmm. and they're uh so this is my drinking water. So I have chia seeds in there, and they're slippery. They're, they have a little envelope of, of glue around them when, they, when you keep them in water for a few hours. Right. And that's a kind of fiber that slows down glucose absorption. Uh-huh. That holds water, and it's really good for bowel regularity. Mm-hmm. That uh, takes pr- toxins that the liver dumps in your gallbladder, and your gallbladder dumps in your gut and escorts them out of the body, including cholesterol, and it's one of the ways to lower cholesterol. Because if you do lose the fiber, then up to 94% of the cholesterol that's supposed to be taken out of the body actually gets reabsorbed into your body. Then you get stressed, you make more cholesterol, and there are two good reasons why people have high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. But that fiber particularly is good food for for the probiotics, and then the insoluble fiber that kind of scrubs the the digestion, digestive system surfaces and keeps things moving moving along. So that's important for digestion. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the last one is bitters, herbs, mm-hmm. like dandelion and artichoke and wormwood and gentian. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitter herbs, they're called bitters. You can get mixtures of those. Uh, orange peel is in there and... There's that's like there's about fifteen different ones.
0: Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. look up
1: bitters on the internet and find out uh, what what you know what are which 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 herbs are bitters. Mm-hmm. Which, is that which,
0: the, um, the uh, that uh, seasoning or that's called bitters? Is that yeah. made from these herbs then? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and you take those because they improve liver and digestion function. Ah, okay. So those four. Digestive enzymes, probiotics, fiber, and bitters will take care of most of the problems that can happen when you don't pay attention to those. Mm-hmm. And the first two are because of cooking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and the fiber is because of eating too much animal, not enough plant food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fourth one is not using enough herbs and spices in your, in your foods. Mm-hmm. So that's so that was the second thing I I, I worked on, um, and that's basically just a di- digestion. Okay. Yeah. Now Udo,
0: it sounds like um, because you when you're talking about excess cholesterol and fiber, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that fiber would be a much better route to go than
1: statins. Well, that depends on who you t- who you ask. <laughs> if, you, if you ask the people who sell statins, they would say, oh, no, no, statins are better. Yeah, right. Well. Right? Yeah, because, you know, because look, no one on this planet in 200,000 years has ever suffered from a drug deficiency. Okay. Yeah. Nutrient deficiency, yes. Toxins, yes. And the drugs are unnatural. hmm And they have side effects because they're unnatural. And when you can do it, nature's way is always better than if you're doing it, industry's way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Between mm-hmm. between trust, trusting industry, trusting nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll go nature every time. Yep. You know, life you can trust. Life you can trust. You can trust nature, but you also have to have some respect because there's some dangers in nature as well. Mm-hmm. But you can li- trust life one hundred percent. Right loves you life loves you on your body unconditionally 24/7 <laughs> lifelong mhm never steers you wrong probably a, a good good friend to get to know you mm-hmm. do that that by stillness practice that yeah. we talked about this time right right <clears throat>
0: Now, just, just to get back to the statins and fiber thing yep. for a minute, because yep. I think that's important because statins are way overprescribed. And I was just looking, some of the side effects for statins include mm-hmm. headache, dizziness, feeling sick, feeling unusually tired or physically weak, mm-hmm. uh, digestive system problems, constipation, diarrhea, um, uh, sleep problems, low blood platelet count. Um, and, and those are just some of them. There are way more uh, side effects yeah. than that. So, You're if- just
1: reading just reading the list could make you sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So I would, I mean, you know, if somebody says if uh, says to to you, you know, uh, you, why don't we try a statin? I would say to them, how about let's give me a, give me a month or something and let me really up my fiber
1: yeah. and yeah. let
0: let's see if that makes a difference first.
1: Yeah, the other thing you can do that's interesting. This Linus Pauling came up with this in 1990. Hmm. Nineteen ninety. So this is we're talking thirty-one years ago. Mm -hmm. He said uh, he looked at something called lipoprotein little A. So it's an LDL, but only one form of it. Okay. And lipoprotein little A is the one that is associated with the with the, the cholesterol problems. Huh. And and lipoprotein A. His version was it must have survival value, even though it kills you. So the idea was in the Ice Age, when there were not enough green vegetables, mm-hmm. not making enough vitamin C, that lipoprotein developed to protect you from scurvy so you could reproduce before you died instead of dying from scurvy before you reproduced. Aha. Uh-huh. And so he found out and he found out that the creatures that don't make their own vitamin C, which includes humans Mm -hmm. and monkeys Mm -hmm. and uh, guinea pigs Mm -hmm. and certain fruit bats, Hmm. they get high cholesterol, they get high lipoprotein A. And when you give them enough vitamin C, their lipoprotein little A levels go down. And, then, uh-huh. and and then they they worked they worked it out and there's a formula where you get three grams of vitamin c a day plus three grams of lysine and proline I think maybe one or two grams of proline and mm-hmm. some magnesium to improve artery function they're all involved in in artery uh, construction mm-hmm and so that's a formula that's, that some people are, are selling for dealing with lipoprotein little a.
0: Interesting.
1: Now, the, the pharmaceutical industry has never talked about lipoprotein little a because <laughs> they don't have a drug to, to, to give it. They're working on it and it's supposed to come out maybe in the next five years or so and then all of a sudden you're going to start hearing everybody talk about lipoprotein little a because now they have something to to sell you but it's not going to be natural and it's going to have side effects and once again i would i would rather up my vitamin c and and uh, do it nature's way absolutely oh, and because we can get vitamin c now now we're not in an ice age mm-hmm. we have vitamin c available to us the pharmaceutical companies actually make the vitamin C, so they make money on it either way. True. But I would just as soon buy vitamin C or something else that is natural that maybe people are getting too little of, again, that comes from plants. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't, there's not much vitamin C in meat. And in fact, the, I don't know if you know uh, the story of Britannia rules the waves? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So, Go ahead. There's a saying, Britannia rules the waves. Mm-hmm. Britannia is UK, Britain, right. the empire. Right. Rules the waves, rules the oceans. Mm-hmm. And they became an empire for one very simple reason. There was a doctor in the UK in 1600-something. His name was Lind, L-I-N-D-T, I think. Oh, like the chocolate. <laughs> Uh yeah, maybe the tea is not on there. That's a Swiss <laughs> thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh that's interesting. Um uh, and he mm-hmm. discovered that if you gave people who, who had scurvy limes to eat, mm-hmm. it cured mm-hmm. their scurvy. Yep. And so the British Navy, when they were cruising around the world's oceans, their sailors Got li- took limes with them, and most of the other countries, they are, they ate salted pork. That's all they had. Salted mm. pork that's all mm-hmm. they ate. Mm-hmm. And what happened is the the limes protected the sailors from scurvy, which is vitamin C deficiency, and your mm-hmm. arteries fall apart. By the way, right? Oh, mm-hmm. so you bleed into tissue spaces, and your teeth fall out, and that's those are symptoms of scurvy. Got it. And the, the the navy, the British Navy, was not all that proficient. But what happened is when they came to other boats on the open ocean, they would go and attack the boats, but they were all dead from scurvy. Hmm. And the and the limes kept the British alive. And it's by the way why they're called Limeys. <laughs> you know that saying Limeys? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For British? It's because mm-hmm. they were the sailors who took limes on their ocean voyages that protected them from scurvy, and which is why Britannica ruled the waves for several centuries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That That's makes the, sense. 1700s mm-hmm. that they started, you know, it took 100 years after Lind discovered that. It took 100 years before they started putting in practice. But then for 300 years, they, they did well on the oceans and did well in, uh, uh, you know, as an empire expanding the empire right just because of vitamin c in the limes that they had and that none of the other people had if the dutch had come up with limes dutch mm. would have ruled the world mm-hmm.
0: yeah and it's my understanding correct me if i'm wrong that and before the vitamin c connection was made with scurvy that it was thought that it was some kind of a contagious disease because uh, well, everybody died. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't know, right? Right, right. No that's what I mean. Know. They thought it was some uh, kind of a contagious disease guess. until they realized that it was uh, a lack of
1: vitamin C. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that how it goes when you, mm-hmm. know, you guess? That's what they did. And then until they found out. And then they found out that when somebody had scurvy and you gave them limes or green peppers or something that is green that has vitamin C in it that's fresh. Mm-hmm then the scurvy disappears. right? And that's the nature, that's how you figure out what is an essential nutrient. If you don't get it, you deteriorate, and if you put it back in the diet, and they systematically made diets to figure it out Mm -hmm. for all 42 of the essential nutrients. 18 vitamins, 13 minerals, nine essential amino acids, two essential fatty acids, and they did studies first in animals, but also in humans, you got You know, they'd make a diet that that was missing one particular thing that they thought might be essential. Okay. And then they ate the diet, and if nothing happened and they didn't get sick, then it was not essential. Uh Aha. Makes sense. And if they got sick and deteriorated and died, if they gave them before they died, they gave them this substance, and they're... Their sickness was reversed. Mm-hmm. Then they say, "Okay, this one's essential because if you because if you don't get it, you deteriorate till you die, and if you get it, that prevents that from happening."
0: Wow, Udo, who uh, volunteered for these studies?
1: <laughs> well, you know what? There were people. I they weren't volunteers.
0: I, I, I can imagine. People,
1: tons of people had scurvy. Tons right. of people had berry berry from vitamin B deficiency, mm-hmm. or you know, and each one of them they had all the. They knew the symptoms because it was so widespread. And part of it was for the B vitamins, it was because they would take the brown rice, which has B vitamins in the in the outside, mm-hmm. and then they would they would peel the rice to make it white rice. Mm-hmm. And when they started eating white rice instead of brown rice, they started getting berry berry mm-hmm. and uh, other vitamin B deficiency diseases. Mm-hmm. So when they then gave them rice bran, that reversed it. Mm-hmm. Then they said, oh, there must be something in the rice bran that's essential. But it ain't in the white in the white rice.
0: Right. Isn't that similar to wheat too, to white bread and, and whole grain bread?
1: Yeah. I think in this case, it was in Asia where, they, where it was most common because they started polishing rice mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. before we started messing with flour. Mm-hmm. Because messing with flour and making white flour was originally only for kings because it was very really time consuming right you know it's like polishing shoes with a brush right you have to <laughs> take the grain and start you know peeling you know peeling it off so oh, poor people couldn't afford it until the industrial revolution made that possible for poor people then the poor people st- started eating like the kings and then started getting all the health problems that the kings got from their stupid diet mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. right?
0: yeah and since it was the privilege to only privileged who had the white flour products that was that made it
1: all the more, it was a rich rich people's privilege, yeah right mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we got that privilege by mass production right. because of machinery, and then we started getting all the same problems. So there were lots of people who were having these problems, so it's not they' like they got volunteers, but they gave them the 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 polishings of the rice. Mm-hmm. And they got better. And then they figured out eventually what molecule it was. And then it's like there's B1, B2, B3, mm-hmm. but no B4. There's a B5, a B6. Why isn't there a B4? Because the molecule that they thought might be essential turned out that if they didn't get it, they didn't die. Oh. And so, okay, okay, this one's not essential. Got it. That's why four got skipped, and then uh, B seven,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then B eight. There's no B eight. Mm-hmm. Then there's a B nine, and there's no B ten and B eleven, but there's a B twelve. Mm-hmm. So those four were not essential, but they had they had they had listed them as possibilities, and they had to take them off the list because nobody died when they didn't get whatever that was. We don't even know what those molecules were anymore. <laughs>
0: I was wondering, would you would you like to go into just a little bit before we end the difference between cyanocobalamin and methylcobalamin? Because some people, like I know, I have a I methylate somewhat, but not completely. So I always mm. make sure that my B complex is a methylated for the folate and the and the twelve. Um,
1: uh, right. I think <laughs> I think the the methylate is a little more effective. Right. And I don't know if you're the only w- one who doesn't methylate as well. I don't know how widespread that is.
0: Well, I had talked to a naturopath in Portland. This was about 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. she said that it was becoming more and more common.
1: Not methylating.
0: Right. Not methylating yeah. well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes more and more common. Or maybe they just be paying attention more.
0: True. True. You know? That could be. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, because you, we learn by observation.
0: Right. But and, there is a test for it. And if I recall, right. I, you know, my memory's not that great, but that that she said that she had been testing, you know, over the years and that she was finding, though, that there were more mm-hmm. and more people it, right. it, that weren't methylating
1: well. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's not my area of expertise. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know that uh, if you're taking a supplement, it's better to take methylcobalamin than cyanocobalamin. And uh, when I started 40 years ago, cyanocobalamin was what most people took right. most of the time. Right. And that information just gradually developed by observation mm-hmm. by people working with people mm-hmm. uh, over those years.
0: Yep. And methyl is yep. more expensive. So I think a lot of times people are drawn to the cyanocobalamin cobalamin in, instead because right. of the price difference, but if you really want the benefit, you're probably better off taking the methylated.
1: Yeah, you know what? Sometimes the doctors say, "Oh, if you take vitamins, that you're just making expensive urine." Mm, yes, I, I've I, heard that. I, I, I want to have the most expensive urine in the country. <laughs> you know, because honestly, that's that's really a stupid statement, because. Drugs, when you take drugs, mm. they mm-hmm. do their work in passing through your body. And hopefully your body eventually gets rid of the drug. Right. So you make an expensive urine with the drugs too. I hadn't thought of that comparison. And everything mm-hmm. that goes everything that goes through your body does its work in passing because 98% of your body turns over every year. Mm-hmm. So everything you put in there, you know, like you think you're this person. You know, I think I'm this person. But next year, I will be 98% a different person because not only the water flows through me, but the oxygen flows through me and the solar energy that is my life flows through me Mm -hmm. and the minerals and vitamins and atoms flow through me. So fundamentally, I'm actually just a focus for this this flow to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and to think that I am actually a sol- something solid, I'm not something solid. Right. And right. And then, so everything flows through us. That's true for what's natural, but it's also true for what's unnatural. And I wanna put all the best things for the body through the body and have the most expensive urine I can, but not as expensive as the drugs are. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's, that's a great explanation. Because the drugs not only do uh, good things for you in passing, they also do bad things for you in passing. Right. And the and the nutrients don't have those side effects. Mm-hmm. So when in doubt, go nature.
0: Yes, when in doubt, go nature. Well, Udo, this has been really fun. I, I learned a lot, and I thought I knew a lot about nutrition, so thank you very much. Now, does your line... Um, does it include uh enzymes and probiotics and Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Uh
1: okay. yeah, they're they're if you go to udoschoice.com. Okay. All the products that I work with are there.
0: Okay.
1: And we all talk right. about why we did them and we it's a work in progress. We're still building. We're uh, always building.
0: Oh, of course. So, and yeah. um in the health food store are is everything in the in the refrigerator?
1: No, the oil is Just in the, the fridge. Oil? Okay. Yeah, the probiotics are in the fridge. I recommend to people, do not buy probiotics that are not in the fridge. Uh Because the ones that are best, the lactobacilli and the bifidobacteria, Mm -hmm. the best studied, Mm -hmm. they don't form spores, Mm -hmm. they die relatively rapidly when they're outside the fridge. Ah, okay. And so we, we keep them refrigerated to slow it down. Okay. Because they're c- quite vulnerable. So those two are in the fridge. The enzymes don't need refrigeration as long as they're dry. Okay. Yeah, and so they're mostly on the shelf.
0: Okay. They're
1: under Flora brand. Um, they used to be called Udo's Choice, but uh, the, the Udo's Choice is, is on the oil, but not on the on the probiotics and the enzymes. Okay. okay. Long story, long story, politics. <laughs> not telling it.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> not telling it today.
1: Over a beer, maybe. <laughs>
0: awesome well thank you so much once again you know this has been a great conversation i just love my conversations with you they're really fun and and they're so um i mean not only are they entertaining but we all learn so much and it's really you're a a wealth of information and i love the way you present it so thank you
1: that's that's the hope you know, to inform and inspire.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And, and have
1: fun. Yeah.
0: Well, thank and you. And then the hope
1: is always that people learn something and they can do something that makes their life better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so you're much. You're lovely.
1: And you're lovely to, to horse around with. Bumbo, <laughs> <laughs> should I say chicken around?
0: <laughs> oh. Thanks, Thanks Dunin. Yeah, I, I thank really you. appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Udo. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you.
1: All right.
0: bye <laughs> The podcast website is realjanine.com where you can listen to and download episodes. And remember, J-A-N-E-A-N is how you spell Janine. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to your favorite podcast provider. You can also listen to slideshow videos on BitChute older ones are still on YouTube. And remember, please subscribe while you're there. Do you know someone who would enjoy my conversation with Udo Erasmus? I'm sure you do. We packed in a lot of really great information that you can use right now. So I'm so appreciative. So please share the love and take care and be well. Until next time.